The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Shane Douglas is the man who ignites the new flame of the sport of professional wrestling. The era of the franchise. The era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. So Connection Podcast Network fans, welcome into the most extreme Menage a Trois Finals you experience here in the Extreme Three-Way Dance, both in video and audio form. I'm JT, and joining me as always are my very violent partners, Jenny and Matt. How are you doing? Uh, very violent, like you said, as always. Just yeah. angry as fuck, man. Malicious. Mm-hmm. Malicious even. Uh, I tried to decorate my wall, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see it, but there's a Paul Heyman turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And then this is a Hal Haney Triple Threat, which I highly recommend. It's a great print. You go search it out. It's got the Triple Threat standing over the dead bodies of ECW. Hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love those. Babes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pointing it out. But, and if you're on audio, like, what's your point at? But we're also available on video on YouTube, North South Connection. So if you want to watch this, instead of just listening, you can see us make all kinds of faces as we go through. November to Remember, 1997, our final pay-per-view of the year 1997 uh it is our third one our first ever november member on pay-per-view this is what our fourth one we've covered though because we had 94 Um, crazy so the hype has been good like i think we've been pretty looking forward to it as usual with these ecw pay-per-views the card has been kind of a little jumbly um i think this may be the most sturdy card though that we've seen like Hardcore Heaven was really screwy heading into it. This one feels a little bit more kind of in line with what the stories have been pushed. Um, we're also outside Philly for this one. We're the Golden Dome in Pittsburgh, uh, which, of course, plays into our main event. So why don't we head in and dive in? 
Uh, we are inside the Golden Dome. We have a raucous crowd. They're hyped and ready to rock. Joey Styles welcomes us in, sets the stage for our fifth annual November Remember. Of course, the fourth one we covered, but there was one in 93 that we did not do. Uh, maybe someday we'll go back and uh, revisit oh 1993. <laughs> uh, Joey says, tonight is the largest crowd in ECW history and promises that this will be a November to Remember. We get our opening hype video. And then we head to the ring for our opening match, which is an interesting one, as Chris Candido takes on old Tommy Rogers. Fantastic Tommy Rogers. Um, sure. Uh-huh. Sure. What? I mean, why not? Let's Actually, why? And... Well, Candido's whole gimmick this whole year, in addition yeah. to being an asshole with the triple threat, has been he just wants to, he's going to put on the match of the night. He's going to steal the show. Mm-hmm. So let's just give me any worker you got, and I'm going to go out there and tear it down. So. Uh, I thought Rogers looked pretty confident as he came out. Candido's follows. He's hell-bent on delivering this class, like we said. Uh, nice little pop for Candido. Joey runs down the resume of both guys, he, including noting that Candido's engaged to Sonny. Uh, both guys look great here. We start with a lockup. We get some peeling out. We get a quick flurry of counters. Rogers controls the arm. We get some early boring chance. Candido misses an enziguri. Rogers hits one to knock Candido outside, but misses a baseball slide. Candido cracks him and throws him back in the ring. Candido goes up top, but Rogers slugs him down, crotches him into the post. Joey makes a sunny joke as Rogers works the groin. It's a clothesline for two. Candido catches Rogers with a shot on the apron, tries to suplex him in, but Rogers counters with a suplex to the floor to a pop. Rogers runs Candido into the guardrail, then takes it back inside, goes to a seated chin lock. As Joey reminds us that Candido broke his neck in MSG a year ago, uh, which is crazy timeline-wise when you think of where this all falls. Like, they were just a year removed from SummerSlam 96. <laughs> right. Which is where Candido is in the neck brace. Like, he's not even been in ECW that long, all things considered. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's such a stalwart now. Um, it's crazy. Tommy gets a Rana for two, goes to a Chancery, but Candido slugs free, gets a power slam. Candido gets a vertical suplex and a middle rope leg drop for near falls. Uh, Rogers comes roaring back with chops, loads Candido on the top rope, and hits a big superplex in a great-looking spot. Rogers goes back up, but Candido knocks him to the floor. Candido pulls him back to the apron, loads up up top, and hits a Rana for two. Candido goes back up top and tries another Rana, but Rogers counters into a powerbomb. Storm comes in, uh, Landstorm comes in and attacks Rogers and hits a spin heel kick and stomps away. Him and Candido double team him. Jerry Lynn comes out to make the save, uh, and he runs through Storm and Candido with a flurry. The crowd wasn't super into this one just yet. We'll see if it picks up because we've now become a tag team match in a four man brawl, so. <laughs> We convert on the fly. Lynn knocks Storm outside. <coughs> Excuse me. Meets him with a springboard plancha. Candido flies into both of them with top rope clothesline. Rogers goes up top and nails all three of the high cross body as the crowd wakes up. The ref changes about officially here to a tag match. We're up and running. Lynn works over Storm in the ring, but Candido comes in. Hit him and Storm hit a tile bomb clothesline combo. Candido and Storm bang heads. Rogers rolls Candido up for two. Rogers holds Candido for Lynn, but Storm saves, and then Storm hits Candido with a missile dropkick by accident. Rogers gets two. Rogers knocks Candido into the railing, puts Storm on his shoulders. Lynn hits a high cross body for two. Storm puts Lynn up top. Candido yanks him down and wants to do it himself, so he climbs up and loads up the blonde bombshell, crushes Lynn with it, but Rogers makes a save. Rogers hits Storm with the Tamikaze. Candido takes him over the Northern Lights into a bridge and picks up the win for the triple threat. Uh, rock solid. Not the show stealer Candido promised, but still a really good opener, despite the confusing mid-match mix-up. Storm continues to do what he can to impress the triple threat. Candido gets a hard-fought win to keep proving he's one of the best. I thought Lynn looked good in his brief showing, and Rogers was fine, too, once he got rolling. If he sticks around, kind of as a 
lower card veteran. I think it could be a good addition. Um, I like this as an opener. Like we didn't need to steal the show as the opener. I think this is a good way to just get kind of get things rolling. I went three and a quarter, Jenny. And this is kind of what you think of now when you start to think of this era of ECW is like chaotic card construction in one match out the other. Like, you know, no, like this crazy flow of things into the next thing. Um, and that's kind of what we got here in the opening. It is. Um, did the Candido stuff his trunks um, for this match? Because he seemed super well endowed. No, man, he um, just pulled them a little bit tighter tonight. I don't know. He, he was there, excited about wrestling Tommy. There was, he was excited about something. <laughs> um, but it, 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 the boring chants were funny because I was like, this is like a fucking mid WCW like match at this point. Like, <laughs> this is not what I'm here for. This is not what I want to see in the opening of this show. Um, and then it starts to pick up when uh, that six superplex um, and that close two count. Lance Storm running in, um, predictable, of course. Um, I like how Candido is very annoyed by him and kind of doesn't really want to tag with him right. but he just kind of goes with that um and then they start getting a little bit more extreme and and ramping it up a little bit um then we switch to the tag okay that's fine i guess um they jerry lynn and and tommy have a lot of chemistry like mm -hmm. automatically mm -hmm. and you know double team moving and just very good flow really quickly um as Candido is increasingly pissed off about having Lance Storm around. Um, I like the finish, but overall, I feel disappointed in this opener. Already with the with the switch, and there's nothing about this that's stealing any show. Um, but I like the pairing of Jerry Lynn um, and Tommy So. I went two and three quarters, Matt. Yeah, this is a weird one. I'm kind of with you, Jenny. Uh, super disappointing. I mean, this was a match that Candido said outright he was out to steal the show, and this just flat out didn't. It's just a, it's a very weird match and a very weird start to this pay-per-view. Like, I don't know why they didn't just start out as this being a tag match. Like, if you're going to do that anyway, just make the whole match a tag, the match probably would have been better. Like, it felt like they were kind of stalling when it was a singles match, knowing that mm -hmm. the tag portion was coming. And I, I thought the tag portion of this was really fun, but it was super short. It was like, what, three, four minutes? So, And then the, the singles match was like 10 or 12. So uh, it's just, it, it's a weird opener. I, I thought it was fine, but yeah, I, I just would have made this a tag match and gone from there. I think you would have had a better opener. And I think the crowd, honestly, <laughs> didn't really care about this. I mean, you get boring chance, what, four, five minutes in? So Yeah, but I don't put much stock in this crowd. <laughs> they aggravate well, me the whole night. So it's that's, like, that's I don't think it's point. like, oh, this was like this. They pissed out the crowd with this match. It was boring. Like, right. I don't, no. I don't give this crowd much yes. credit. Yeah, no, that's a great point. We'll get into that later, how much this crowd absolutely sucked. But uh, yeah, I went two and three quarter on this like Jenny. Mm. I guess guys are sound as uh, fantastic of fans as I am. Mm, yeah, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. I did. I did think Lynn looked good. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, he, he always really looks shined. Good. Yeah, yeah, he shined. All right, we got a music video for our next match, which is Mikey Whipwreck taking on Just Incredible. Uh, fun little match on paper. Credible's been pretty impressive early. Mikey, of course, always gets it done out here. Jason leads out Credible, looks pissed. Joey reminds us that Credible knocked off Great Sasuke in Queens. Reminds us, too, that Mikey is a triple crown winner. Uh, he said ongoing nagging injuries. He hobbles out to the ring to a pop. 
We get some Aldo and some Justin Asshole chants during the entrances. Some good buzz. Joey notes both guys are only 23, which is kind of mind-blowing. Wild. Yeah. Incredible hammers a way to start. Mikey slugs back at him, shoots him hard to the corner, knocks him into the railing, meets him with a plancha, but he's already favoring his knee. Mikey hits a Rana, shoots him into the railing. Back inside, Credible comes back with a swinging DDT and seated dropkick, peppers Mikey and thumbs him in the eye. Credible slams Mikey and heads up top, hits a missile dropkick for two, keeps working him over at strikes, another low dropkick, floats out of a whip. Heads up top, but Mikey blocks and follows. Credible lands a jab and gets a sunset flip off the top for a near fall. Credible cranks a chin lock as the crowd gets a little restless. Mikey breaks a sleeper with a jawbreaker, gets a super kick for two. Mikey counters with a leapfrog with a powerbomb for two and shoots him to the corner, gets a top rope Frank and Mikey for two. Jason gets on the apron. Mikey suplexes him into the ring, kicks him in the nuts. Credible comes back with a slop drop for two. Credible heads up top as Jason holds Mikey, but Mikey slugs Jason down, springboards off Jason's back, and hits a whippersnapper to win the match and end Credible's unbeaten streak to a nice pop. Uh, that's a pretty good little match. I thought both guys have some quality work. Always good to see Mikey win. But I was a little surprised with uh, Credible coming off the Sasuke win mm-hmm. and his overall presentation. Uh, it was interesting that Mikey picked up the win. So we'll see if this starts a feud with them. It would be nice for Mikey to get into a feud uh, because he's really had nothing much. He's either been injured or just had one-offs. So we talk about that a lot. So we'll see if this ignites something for him. But, uh, Matty, I thought this was a, a perfectly fine pay-per-view match. Point three stars. I think Credible continues to look pretty good early on. And Mikey, of course, is Mikey. Yeah, I, I went two and three quarter on this. Uh, perfectly fine match. Uh, yeah, it, it's weird that they had Credible lose already, but like you said, maybe this is leading to something for Mikey, like some sort of feud. Uh, that would be great because Mikey hasn't done a damn thing in about a year and a half. So it would be great if they find something for him to do. And yeah, yeah I mean, this is just a, a good solid match. But again, I think this is a case where the crowd was kind of quiet <laughs> during this. Like, they popped for the finish, but I think throughout most of the match, they were just kind of sitting on their hands kind of so far two matches in, it kind of feels like this crowd is here for one thing and one thing only. And that's Shane Douglas. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's a problem all night as we'll get to. So yeah. A uh, fun match here. Uh, hopefully this leads to more stuff for Mikey. So two and three quarter from me, Jenny. Imagine not marking out for Mikey Whipwreck. Mm. I mean, he's used to better look, the arena loves him, and we all love him. So, yes, this was disappointing in that respect. But I did enjoy this. And they swerved me because I thought, you know, Justin Credible has been on this mm-hmm. pretty big push, you know, getting a huge win, being undefeated. And I was like, well, you know, is Mikey just being fed to him like we've seen time mm-hmm. and time again? And so when he does the whippersnapper and wins – I totally freaked out because to me, that's like, okay, we're fixing to have something for Mikey to do. Um, like a huge banner that says Mikey has returned and is awake now. Um, and he looks great in this. I love this match. Like, I love it for what it means for Mikey going forward. So I did three stars. All right. Joey Styles gets word from the back that Al Snow is in the locker room, getting a little head. We cut back there where Spike Dudley, Blue Mini, and Nova, and some other guy are sitting with Al. Uh, Al has a shirt on. This is Job Squad. He's yelling at a mannequin head. He says he could have been on pay-per-view doing a J-O-B, or on PPV doing a J-O-B, but the head told everyone he was hurt with a dislocated shoulder. But this is hardcore, and everyone wrestles hurt. And while he's off asking uh, why Al screwed the head, but it says head screwed the head. And so just like everyone else who wants to keep him down, 
Head called Eric Bischoff looking for a job without Snow, but Snow's the reason Head's over, just like he's asked to get everyone else over. He let Head come back, and just like the time-honored tradition, he said Head was allowed one shot, and he took it for the boys, and everyone agrees. Snow says he's a star, he's not crazy, Nova backs him up. And uh, that's a scene right there. Hyper pushing his new angle with Al Snow, the job squad, the head, uh, crazy snow. We'll see where it goes. I think it's, we're seeing some personality. I mean, obviously we know it becomes kind of a big thing. Mm -hmm. We'll see how quickly and how big it gets. But right now he's uh, clearly tapped in the brain. (laughs) I have a question about the timeline. Um, Was this stuff being done on like WCW? Like, well, I mean, like, where, what well, stuff? I don't know, like the head stuff. Is this where the head stuff came from? This is it. Okay, I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the so, creation of it right here. This is what it is kind of confusing because it does kind of come yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, I felt like it was established as a bit somewhere else and that I had missed that nope. in this. I'm like, no. Is this the beginning? It's typical but, ECW where shit just kind of happens. And happen. like, yeah. They show it out of order sometimes. It's like, where is it really starting? Yeah, it's, it is a little confusing the way they just go into things. Um, I like it, though. It, and that helps add to the insane uh, psycho <laughs> scene of it all. You know, just how it's out of nowhere. Um, I love him just cutting the promo to the head. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just... It's, just it looks crazy it's something just his eyes and he's got the, the uh he's very painted. good just help me across his forehead yeah it's a look he's got a look going on there yeah i'm it into gets, the creepy stuff so it gets molten um it does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. becomes a thing for sure get some rehired <laughs> or not rehired <laughs> but call back up so all right joey's in shock over what we just saw we head back to the ring for our next match <laughs> which is taz taking on pitbull 2 the right. Pitbulls are pacing around the ring, ready for this big title match. Mr. Wright is with them. Taz gets a huge pop as he comes out. Paul Lee joins the booth. He tells Joey he watches too much Raw. And Joey says someone has to. The ratings are in the toilet. <laughs> oh, boy. Pitbull 2 is looking robust in the waist, I would say. Um, looking a little uh, Rubenesque, as Johnny Sack would say. Oh, Taz has a uh, murder in his eyes during the intros. Paul hypes up Taz big time as Pitbull 2 attacks at the bell. Lands some punches and kicks. Hits a power bomb and a spin kick and a top rope shoulder block. For two, Pitbull 2 tries a press slam, but Tiz, uh, tiz, tiz slips down, <laughs> hits a release belly to belly. Taz follows with a T-bone and finishes with a Taz mission to a huge pop. Pitbull 1 comes in, eats a pump handle, squash city. Pitbull 2 actually taps. Taz can put the lights out in a blink, as we see here. Great use of Pitbull 2. Who gives a shit? Payday. See ya. Uh, Taz needs to keep dominating. Just a machine. Uh, we'll get to the post-match in a second, Jenny. Let's just talk about the match itself. I went two stars. I mean, it's essentially a squash. <laughs> I think this is pretty much all we see of the pit bulls. So I don't know if this was Paul's way of kind of you know, yeah. saying get out. <laughs> but um, it, it was a fine ending to the pit bull story. As much as I, I do like – I, I like pit bull one in the past. Like, I do think they kind of had worn out their welcome. Um, I don't mind them here as kind of the delusional bodyguards for, for right, but I'm also okay if they're done. I, I, th- I think I'm more sad about it than you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have a soft spot for them and um, I've enjoyed them hamming it up doing this crazy dumb shit. I don't know. They're kind of good at it. Um, he does look a little, little thick, um, a little blown up, but Taz handles them well, but look, I'm just going one star. Cause I'm sad. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> giving two stars for this sad splash. Matt. Yeah, they're, they're here. Uh, you want to talk about a hell of a fall from grace for the Pitbulls, though. Like, if this match happened a year earlier, 
Like you're probably talking like a 10 minute match or so. And the fact that, you know, this gets a minute and a half on pay-per-view kind of tells you what Paul Lee thinks of the pit bulls. So uh, yeah, star and a half for me. What do they do? What is what what happened? I need to know. Was it? It might have been a note from Rocco, or someone was just talking about it. That I think they just were trouble. I just like trouble in the locker room. I don't know if people didn't like them. That a lot of brought a lot of drugs in, like stuff like that. Like I think just dealing shit on the side. So I think they were just like, all right, we're not worth yeah. the. Well, that makes sense. Which might, I mean, and I that's feel bad something. That I'm sad for if that. you're like too much of the ECW locker room, that's right. You probably way. I mean, and knowing how like Pitbull Two ends up, right? Um, he, they, he probably was a piece of shit, is my guess. <laughs> <laughs> May he rest pride. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> All due respect. <laughs> right here, Rhode Island's finest. Yeah. Oh boy, hometown here. Found right in the right in the apartment. <laughs> Um, all right, Taz grabs a mic. He says it's obvious, right? Brought his boyfriend with him. We see a jacked up dude with a tank top and sunglasses on. Taz says a Vince McMahon gave Wright a present as the big guy rips off his shirt. Taz says Wright's boyfriend sticks needles up his ass and dares him to get in the ring, and he can see the difference of being cum drunk from punch drunk. <laughs> the Hello, one. sir. All in. The muscle Jesus. dude gets on the apron, but security backs him off as Taz tries to bait him in. He talks shit to a bald security guard, Red Hot Asbury. The security guard gets in Taz's face. Taz cracks him with a cross face and hooks to Taz's mission. Paul's bemoaning under the lawsuit and demands we cut away. So we cut to some classic footage of Bam Bam Bigelow versus Spike Dudley with the body surfing. Uh, a pretty good segment. I mean, Taz is just a nut. We keep getting these big jack dudes thrown in his way as he's having to mow through and, and continue to build his, you know, climb and climb and climb. Um, this, of course, uh, for those that don't know, ends up being Brockus, a mm-hmm. uh, member of our, our family brunch from Rest of the Shadows, <laughs> infamously. Uh, he'll have a couple of dalliances in the WF, but doesn't really amount to much. I think he was someone they had plans for, but just kind of peters out. Um, he's here for a bit, but Snowman Why does he look like the Terminator? Yeah, I don't Gabe really does. Tavs That's is really, what I uh, called him in my notes. Really on fire. Really on fire here. He is. Um, that fucking cum drunk to punch drunk. Oh, mm-hmm. You can't hell. say it. You can't even say that on pay-per-view. They didn't bleep it out or anything. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I thought it was funny when Paul was on commentary. Roll to something else. <laughs> all the no, another lawsuit. <laughs> awesome. How? How is Taz going to be able to suplex Brackus? That's what I want to know. Can he? Like, I feel Great like question. I feel like Brackus's joints oh. don't bend, so like he's just he's gonna, made like, of metal. He's I mean... just going to like spike him head first, and he's going to stay there like a lawnmower. <laughs> That'd be too bad. Oh uh, well, yeah. Das is he dead Brackus. too? Does Brackus? No, I don't think so. Okay, he's trolling around somewhere, listening to disco music. I'm sure. Rammstein. <laughs> yeah. German Smurfs in German. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I enjoyed the. Um, oh my God! Sorry, I thought I had a perfect. Right. I thought I had a perfect segue. You did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I enjoyed the Bam Bam Bigelow. Better be a hell of a point. All right. It's okay. not. It's not. <laughs> Time for our Italian lesson of the week. As the mm-hmm. FBI are headed to the ring for our next match, and tonight's phrase is "cazzo di merda." Say it again. Did you say murder? Cazzo di merda. Oh, merda. Di merda. 
Costco? <laughs> Costco murder, I think is what it's called. Costco. Costco murder. Costco murder. You dick face piece of shit. God damn it. Costco uh, de Murder is my favorite uh, <laughs> my favorite Master P album. That's when someone took one too many things of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Returned all the milk. <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's head into the match here. It is a four-way for the tag team titles as the full-blooded Italians are taking on the Dudley Boys, the Gangstonators, and Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Tommy Rich is ranting at the crowd about how bosses from all over the country are sending in words about his great work. Of course, he's the Don. Mm. The champs are prepped for this big four-way dance of death. Joel Gertner does his usual big perverted Dudley intro. Uh, Joey, <laughs> Joey makes a joke about Gertner's pants. He needs to get let out every two weeks. <laughs> Sign Guy and Dick are there as well. Balls and Axel come in with chairs. They wipe out both to a pop. Joey says they're his pick to win the match. They keep up the assault and control the action with a hard double-team flurry, showing off their improved offense. The Don gets in the ring and Balls and Axel line him up for chair shots, but he dodges and Dick comes in and choke slams Axel. Bubba hits Balls with a Samoan drop, and now the Dudleys and FBI take over. Just full-on tornado action, all six guys brawling in and out of the ring. Joey says the Dudley single-handedly blew up the gangsters and Eliminators. Bubba gets a nice superplex on Balls, and Devon follows with a flying headbutt. Things settle down. We get Jack and Cronus out to New uh, Natural Ball Killers with a bucket full of plunder and a big pop. The weapons are flying right away as Jack and Cronus wreck shop as expected. Just a straight-up gang fight. Bubba uses a cheese grater on balls and licks it after. Blood is pouring all over the place. A mailbox pops up, gets used a bunch as Guido's thrown to the floor. Cronus and Devon end up alone, and Cronus starts to cut through him. Dick emerges to help his brother. Dick goes up top and misses a moonsault to a pop. Dodges a spin kick and chokeslams Cronus, but eats a huge guitar shot from New Jack. Cronus is to 450 and pins Dick, but he's not legally in the match. Everyone ends up brawling on the floor. Bubba flies into the plancha. Joey says, did you see that fat bastard fly? <laughs> <laughs> Natural Book Killers is still blaring as Jack is in the ring with another guitar. Tommy Rich sneaks up from behind, but Jack kicks him away and smashes him with the guitar off the top rope. Rich is bleeding and in shock as he collapses. Cronus tries to die, but he flies into a Bubba cutter, and Natural Book Killers fades as the Gangstonators are eliminated. Kind of a surprise there. The Dudleys take back over. Bubba almost murders Guido with a gorilla press on the top turnbuckle, which is ugly. Mm. Balls comes banging back, batters Devon, takes him over the top with a spin kick. Bubba grabs Balls in a full Nelson, but Balls ducks Gertner's powder, and Bubba eats it. Bubba stumbles over, hits Devon with a 3D by accident, and the Dudleys are shockingly eliminated, yes. leaving us with rotten Balls and the FBI. Balls and Axel wreck shop on the FBI as the crowd's heating up. Axel gets a slop drop on Guido. Balls buries him with a nutcracker sweet, but... The referee is kicked by accident during the move, and out comes Jeff Jones. He counts to two and then stops because he wants to check on Finnegan. Jones kicks balls and smothers, rolls him up, and the FBI retain. Uh, fun chaos, even though the spots were a little set up and awkward. The crowd still loved it. Uh, there was some unique stuff, some big bombs as well as everyone up the ante. Jones really wreaks havoc on the tag diversion uh, division here <laughs> as referees. Really caused a lot of trouble. Uh, balls and axle are robbed again, even though they look pretty strong. I thought it was on the higher end of these fuck fests, but still a little meandering at times. Uh, we just need some structure in the division. It's it's a sloppy mess right now. It's just like kind of all hands on deck. Everyone beating each other with weapons. Jeff Jones is the deciding factor in all the matches. So we need some kind of organization. Uh, but Jenny went two and three quarters. Like I, it was fine, right on par with the rest. Um, can I read some of the dirty stuff that Joel said? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
he he calls himself <laughs> instead of stud muffin muff stuffer mm-hmm. um so the more you play with it the harder it gets i think he was talking about he compared it to a rubik's cube um so big it's hurtner gertner uh that was my favorite <laughs> wow go. um yeah, I love the cheese grater spots and the licking afterwards. That's pretty sick and gross. Um, I love Joey asking, could he possibly make more dick jokes? Um, <laughs> all the dick and balls in the ring. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Dick balls, girls yep. jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was a hot sexual match. Mm-hmm. And I think that is why you liked it so much. And it's probably why I liked it so much. The powder spot was kind of fun. Um kind of different in this weapons melee of bullshit that we got here. And I can't believe that it ended up being FBI and rotten balls at the end. <laughs> yeah, I man. like that. It's a little bit different from what we are used to. And then all the fuckery at the end, I could sort of do without. So I did two and three quarters as well. Yeah, uh, definitely on the higher end of one of these matches for me. I actually went three on this. I thought this was a, <laughs> I thought this was a ton of fun. Uh, I thought Joey was on fire during this yes. match. Multiple times he just says, how the hell am I supposed to call this? Uh, <laughs> it just He was fantastic. At one point, uh, Joey says the Italians have entered the space program after a top rope splash by Guido. I thought that was a great line. Uh, that guitar shot to Tommy Rich was sick. Mm-hmm. He's just immediately just blood pouring down his face. I thought that was uh, that was a great visual with him like convulsing and everything. Yeah, just a, a, a really good one of these matches. It's a, uh, You get a sloppy finish too to a fun brawl and I think we finally got a match that woke the fucking crowd up, which is always mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, uh, just a super fun brawl here. So three stars for me. Yeah, we'll see where the tag division is at heading into 97. I mean, there's going to be some payoff to Jeff Jones, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. You'd think the Dudleys at some point are going to take control of the division. I mean, it's crazy that they really right. haven't. When you look at the weak kind of crop of talent that's with them. So, uh, all right, we get footage from earlier as Tommy Dreama, Dreama and Beulah arrive to the building. Tommy talks about his injuries and pain. Now, Aubrey D is a better athlete than him, but ECW is his home and he'll defend it, and no other promotional wrestler will stop him. We get video package to hype this match, and that is Tommy Dreamer taking on Rob Van Dam. Big time match, a long build up. All part of the WF ECW war. Uh, Fonzie's boys continue to torment the loyalists. Fonzie and RVD come out to booze. Joey says he'll never work for the WF because there's plenty of things he wants to say to Vince. Mm. Walk that one back, Joe. About that. that. Funny. Walk that one back, bub. Uh, Joey says RVD's a sellout and he hates him because he's as good as he thinks he is. And he's super young, but he wants a WF deal instead of being here at ECW. Beulah's stacked as she leads out Tommy. ECW yes. flag in hand. We start fast. RVD goes right at the busted ankle, pummels it, and is the two-trade mat work. That ends in an RVD corkscrew leg drop. Tommy comes back with a DDT, but RVD bails out. Tommy meets him with a baseball slide, batters RVD into the crowd. Tommy crotches him on the railing, smashes him with a chair. Van Dam battles back and crotches Tommy on the railing, hits him with a Van Daminator, thanks to an assist from Fonzie. Van Dam rolls in. We see his eye is now bleeding pretty badly. Looks kind of gnarly. Van Dam heads back out, keeps stomping away, and posts him back inside. He hits a skateboard drop kick with a chair, gets back to the ankle before hitting a slingshot leg drop. Tommy finds a way to hit a hanging neck breaker. He hooks Van Dam in the tree of woe and hits him with a baseball slide into a chair. Tommy goes up top, but Fonzie smacks him in the heel with the chair and then calls on Beulah to come get a piece. RVD hits a somersault splash for two, blocks a Tommy DDT, and sends him flying into the chair. 
RVD slugs away, but Tommy blocks a split-legged moonsault with a low blow. Hits a DDT, but Fonzie makes a save by pulling the ref out. Fonzie smacks the ref with a road sign. The other refs come out to check on things as RVD hits Tommy with a chair. In comes Jeff Jones. Tommy comes back with a chair shot, and Jones breaks up the count, nearly messing up the timing. Jones uh, punches Molino. It's Tommy and RVD botch a Miss Van Daminator. Tommy uses the chair, but Jones breaks up the pin again. He calls for a, uh, for a fight. Beulah comes in and kicks Jones in the nuts, and the other refs hit a double DDT. Tommy uh, posed to a pop, but Fonzie comes in. Hilo blows both of the refs, but then Beulah hits Fonzie in the nuts. RVD grabs Beulah, but Tommy rolls him up, and Beulah counts two. Tommy crushes RVD with a pile driver, gets two on another Beulah count. Tommy hits the DDT, grabs the ECW flag, and holds it high. Out come Furnace and Lafon. And then, to the biggest shock possible, mm-hmm. out comes Stevie Richards. Uh, he nails Tommy with a super kick to a big pop. That was a great surprise. Furnace and Lafon put a trash can on Tommy. RVD hits a frog splash. Stevie, Furnace, and Lafon count the fall, and Tommy is buried under the dead rear flag. After the match, they put Tommy on a table under the flag and call for Sabu. Sabu goes up top, but Beulah stands in his way, so Sabu hits her with a top rope clothesline. That was pretty nasty. Tommy covers Beulah as the assault continues until Sandman makes a save. <clears throat> he kind of takes a sweet time, though. <laughs> Crushes a beer. He's sauntering out. Uh, walks to all the fans. Pretty, And, and that's it, pretty, pretty much. Um, as we're going to transition to the next match. But uh, I thought this is pretty good. I mean, it had a fun story around Tommy's ankle. But it got really wonky with the ref stuff. Like, the timing was very awkward. I just don't know why we need Jones in every match. Like, mm-hmm. is he with the WF team or not? Because he's been doing stuff that doesn't make sense with that. But now he's working with Fonzie, unless Fonzie just paid him. Um, if you take that out, the finish is better. Like, just do Furnace, Lafon, and Stevie. We don't need all the mm-hmm. shenanigans, the low blows, and the refs. And it's funny, but it feels more like an arena TV thing if you're going to do it. Um, with the heat and the anger this match has had, I would at least I, I would like to see more of like a violent down the stretch versus like kind of a goofy um, down the stretch. I, I did like the Stevie return. Um, RVD gets to win, but you know Tommy's not going to be done. Uh, the post match was intense too. They keep finding ways to up the ante. Um, and again, kind of silly that Sam Man just got a saunters out to make the save. Like he wasn't really in any like. Well, I guess he's coming for the match, but it's like you think he'd get out there and try and help out a little bit more. So man, I went three stars, which I guess probably would consider a disappointment coming in when you think mm-hmm. of the hype build. But then again, Tommy's got the fucked up foot, um, so you can only really do so much anyway. It's kind of crazy he's even doing what he's doing. And I like yeah. the Stevie moment too. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, this this was disappointing to me. Like we've seen some of their TV stuff, and it was all pretty good. But I feel I felt like on pay per view they could have gone even further. And I, I know, like you said, Dreamers hurt, but I don't know. I, I feel like they could have done more here. And honestly, I, I get why they did the no contest finish, but I think we're kind of at a point now where Dreamer is kind of bulletproof at this point. Like he's lost a ton. So like he could have afforded another loss here to RVD. And I think he would have been fine. It would have put more heat on it, if anything. So uh, I, I didn't hate the no contest finish. But <laughs> I think I, I could have done with. Uh, Just RVD. don't do the ref stuff and you don't have to do that. Just right. have first LaFon come out. Stevie comes out and kicks Tommy right? and, and RVD. Mm-hmm. Hits him with the frog splash and pins him. I mean, whatever. Right. That's fine. You can still have Stevie count the fall if you want the ref knocked out, if you have right. to. But, like, you just really didn't need to do the um, 
all the ref shenanigans felt right. like too. It was too comedy for this match. It was it's like, it was too cute for its own good. They over they overthought it. I think is yeah. what it came down to for me. Uh, Stevie Richards showing up was a thing I wasn't expecting because I <laughs> thought he was done. Done. I did not think he was coming back. So uh, that was uh, quite surprising to me and kind of out of nowhere. So yeah. a little weird to debut him in this. Oh, debut him to have him uh, come back in this match. But yeah, I, I thought some of the moves in this were great. Uh, there was an unreal pile driver to rvd at one point that he yep. sold unbelievably like did he like spring off of his neck to do that <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's absurd i don't know how he does that it's uh, crazy. yeah uh, uh, don't do that <laughs> would, be, would be my recommendation uh, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass in the future but yeah it was it was a good match but definitely disappointing like i i expected more out of this so i went three stars on it too jenny I would agree with the disappointment. Um, besides Beulah, I think she's probably, this is probably the best she has ever looked. Um, she was fucking smoking hot. And RVD uh, looking very good too. But And they go balls out, you know, and I like it, but the rest stuff just totally takes me out of it. Um, I, I stopped taking notes at one point because i just put the ref fuckery because i'm like i'm not writing down yeah. this shit that's happening i'm just right. like I don't, and i don't like it when i do that it just takes me out of the match um i do like the run-in was super surprised to see stevie he looks mm-hmm. good um i didn't realize how like that he was kind of healthy again i guess from right the next stuff i mean he's gone from wcw already it just went there in july or august or whatever with raven and like his neck was fucked up so he can wrestle, but now he's okay. Like his whole this whole year with him has been very confusing. Yeah. You know, with what's going on with his injuries and whatnot. Cause I was thinking back, I'm like, surely they told me he was done. Like I didn't I didn't know he came back. Yeah. yeah. I Man. thought he was. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I'm glad we're all learning things. Um so I makes me kind of want Raven to come back too, but <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, that's, no. Well, it that's, does. That's, this is not well, not for a while. It does not right. for a while. Yeah. Well. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. I like the beat down at the end with the trash can. I thought that was sick, and yes. the flag and all that. I guess if we're doing that. Um. But I did the three stars too. I just I really wanted to. I wanted it to be more. Yeah. Or less. It was fine. It was just. Yeah. We talked about this feud. Like it's probably time to. Yeah, I was just gonna with say. RVD and Sabu and do something else and Fonzie and Lance Wright and sitting at Vince's pool and like, it like all this. Like, it feels like this feud is definitely on its last legs here. Like this should have been it. I feel like, well, especially with Montreal starting, and you now like Austin McMahon's gonna be starting. Like, is Vince really dealing with? Like, it just it feels right. it already felt kind of goofy and like yeah. there's like no way Vince is really sending dudes to ECW to fuck with them. Like it already felt unrealistic. And now it's about to feel even crazier that like, there's no chance it's happening for real. So you mean um, the pit bulls weren't partying poolside with Vince. God yeah. damn it. Kayfabe is dead. I've always said, I, d- I don't like it. I want to stay in our own universe and fuck everybody else. I liked it for a while. I, I think they should have ended it in at hardcore heaven with the, yep. with Tommy beating Lawler. Yeah. And yep. like call it like that would have been perfect. All right, we stay right. We transition right to the next match. It's Sandman taking on Sabu. Uh, Joey says the um, it'll be the most violent match in history of the company. Actually, in wrestling, I think he says. The ring is cleaned out. RVD hypes up Sabu. Sandman keeps walking around. His forehead's already bleeding from the cans. He sets up a ladder and scales it, but he cracks a beer. Sabu flies into him with a tope and a hot start. Sabu hammers away. We head back inside. It's a triple jump moonsault, but he bangs up his knee on the way down. 
so he's slow to cover. Sabu gets up first, but Sandman throws a ladder at him and stomps away. They trade some blows, but neither can stay on their feet. Sandman throws Sabu outside and slams a ladder on his head from the apron. Sabu whips Sandman to the railing, sets up a table, but Sandman drops an elbow on him. Both guys are moving really slow as Sandman slams Sabu hard on the floor, suplexes on the table on top of him. Both trade fists on the floor. Sandman puts Sabu on the table bridge, but it breaks. So he hangs Sabu across the railing and buries him with a top rope guillotine leg drop. Sabu recovers and flings Sandman through a table against the railing and spikes a ladder on his head and dumps him onto it. Sabu puts Sandman on a table bridge, heads inside. It's a triple jump leg drop to put him through it to a big pop. Back inside, Sandman crumples on a whip, but pushes up and comes slugging back. Sabu hits a springboard body block for two and clubs away, but throws a ladder at Sandman's head. Sandman gets right back up and stumbles through a punch and falls to the floor. Sabu puts Sandman on a table and rides a ladder off the top rope into him. Sandman fights back but misses a top rope senton, crashes through the table to the floor. There's a madman. Back inside, Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault onto a ladder onto Sandman for two. Sabu gets crotched on top and Sandman superplexes him into the ladder. Sabu throws the ladder into Sandman's face and goes up top, but they botch a spot. And Sandman falls, so Sabu just throws the ladder on his head and hits a slingshot leg drop. Sandman's head is bleeding and stabs him in the face with a Sabu stabs him in the face with a fork. Sandman yanks Sabu outside and spikes a ladder on him and sets it up on the guardrail. Gets in the ring, jumps out, and teeter totters the ladder onto Sabu. It really wasn't done well, but these guys have like nothing left. They're clearly dead. Back inside, Sandman hits the top rope somersault senton onto the ladder, follows with another one. Sandman gets a vic- counters a victory roll with an electric chair. Sandman puts Sabu on a table outside and flies off the ladder through it with a senton to a big pop. Fonzie comes in with a cane as Sabu tries another fireball. Sandman dodges it and blocks Fonzie. Sabu hits a missile dropkick, puts Sandman through another table outside with a ladder off the top. Inside Sabu, it's a top rope leg drop with the ladder and picks up the win. Uh, this was as gross and violent as you'd expect. I, I found it tough to watch, honestly. Um, I thought it went a bit too long. I thought both guys were kind of dragging to the finish and so broken. The crowd was up and down with it. By the end, you just want to know when to die. Like they were just like upping the ante too much. I think a better approach would have been a quicker sprint of chaos with a sl- versus like a slow bludgeoning. Um, there's some fun spots that were peppered between a lot of slow movement. Uh, I think Sabu winning makes sense. Sandman can lose forever and be fine. So of course, you know, Sabu winning was pretty obvious, but I went three and a half stars just because it, it was sick and well, executed but just too long and too much and i would have preferred like a six minute fast like insane weapons brawl versus like the slow mm-hmm. death march that we got jenny i don't know i, I think i was really into this because they're insane um takes a lot of effort <laughs> to do what they do so i was forgiving of the slowness <laughs> they the way they throw around tables and ladders and chairs it's um very very violent in this match sabu is insane and he's wearing sparkly silvers so i know he's in a mood um and sandman just does whatever the fuck dude he just takes the abuse and dishes out what he can before fire gets thrown in his face again (laughs) um it was nuts and i fucking loved it so i did three and a half too with with more love in my heart than your three and a half, Maddie. Yeah, it's a tough match to rate. I'm not gonna lie. I str- I struggled rating this one because it's like it's very sloppy at points and slow at points. But goddamn, it's entertaining to watch in like a I can't stop staring at this car crash on the side of the road type mm-hmm. of way. And I I, th- I it's very entertaining 
before that, I mean, these guys just beat the hell out of each other for 22 minutes. And I think that was another problem. Like you said, it's a long match, yeah. probably too long for one of these type of matches, even if they had gone like 15 or so. Right. Think, it's still yeah. long and there's still stuff going on. But right. it's like 22 is a lot for this. It's a lot. It's a lot for this type of match. For this, <laughs> uh, tables, ladders, and apparently forks match, which they didn't. Forks. Forks. I love the fork spot. That was yeah, so It's a TLF match. First one yeah. of its kind. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely enjoyed watching it. and But like, like you, I was kind of uh, wishing it would end because I didn't want to see either one of these guys die. So, And this is also a pretty infamous match, too. And I normally don't do this, but I ended up looking up other match ratings for this. And I mean, I've seen, like, you guys three and a half, and I've seen people go negative stars on this match just because of how really? sloppy and yeah huh. it, which is insane to me but it to just me, if you of... watch if you watch this with no ecw background or right. interest you probably would hate it like it's right. it's it's like backyard wrestling but i mean but if you're into <laughs> the storyline and the guys and everything you can dig it right. i think but i can see why someone would hate it i mean if you're just not yeah. into the into it then so it's a pretty infamous match, uh, nevertheless. So I ended up going three and a quarter on it. it. It was one of those things where three felt too low, but three and a half felt a little too high for me. So uh, three and a quarter made perfect sense. All right. Crazy enough, we're uh, ticking down here on the card. Taz interrupts Joey, says in a few minutes, Bam Bam Bigelow is going to beat Shane Douglas, and he wants Bamber to win. So on March 1st at our next pay-per-view, Living Dangerously, Taz yeah. can challenge Bigelow for the world title. So... Pretty uh, cool foreshadowing, perhaps, here as we're setting up our next pay-per-view mm -hmm. announcement, Living Dangerously, March 1st. Brings us to our main event. Man, Man Bigelow defending the ECW world title against the franchise, Shane Douglas. Bigelow marches out. Joey explains the champion is entering first tonight because he demanded to do so. Joey runs down Bammer's resume, Bigelow's goals in ECW. Douglas walks through the backstage. Joey tells us that Chris Candido is barred from ringside. Francine is on crutches. She has a hairline pelvic fracture, but she still looks hot. Uh, we get hometown chairs for Shane. We get a big stare down and a lockup as Bigelow flings Shane over the top with ease to booze. Bigelow slugs and chops away, but Shane comes firing back. Bigelow takes back over. He slaps Shane across the face and works the neck and back of the head. Shane again tries to come back, but Bigelow squishes him with an avalanche in the corner, chucks him to the floor. Back in the ring, Bigelow pours it on with a methodical attack until he eats a boot on a charge. Shane tries to belly to belly, but Bigelow headbutts him down. Bigelow's back on the slow attack. He cranks the chin lock as Joey says Shane's off his game. Bigelow catches Shane on a crossbody block and power slams him for two. The crowd tries to rally Douglas as Bigelow suplexes him back in the ring. We head back to the floor where Bigelow throws him into the post. Back in the ring, Shane gets a low blow, but Bigelow counters a suplex for two. Shane is up, but Bigelow presses him high and drops him with a snake eyes, and Shane falls to the floor, which is a pretty good spot. Bigelow brings a table in the ring, shrugs off some chops, sets it up, and Shane uh, puts Shane on it. As Joey talks about, Shane deserves this kind of beating. Bigelow goes up top, and Shane quickly hops up and power bombs Bigelow through the table to a big pop. Shane starts to stick and move. He jabs the kidneys, but Bigelow cuts him off with a headbutt, flips him over the top to the floor. Shane drags him back in as Bigelow slowly stalks around. Shane ducks a clothesline and comes firing back. He knocks Bigelow over the top of the clothesline. He tries a rana, but Bigelow catches him and power bombs him through a table. Back inside, Bigelow gets two on a powerbomb and hammers away and throws the ref down. Shane is bleeding as Joey says it's rare to see a man handled like this. Out come Candido and Storm, but security blocks them. Bigelow press slams Shane into them on the floor. Candido and Storm get dragged away as Shane pulls himself back in the ring. Bigelow stomps on the cut and slugs away at it. He shoves the ref again. Francine gets in the ring and Bigelow and hits Bigelow with the crutch. Bigelow yanks it from her and swings hard, but Fran ducks. Bigelow jabs Shane with the crutch, lifts him by the throat with it, and drops him back down. 
Big O grabs the other crotch. He smashes Shane in the arm. Now starts to target it. Shane tries a backslide, but Bigelow blocks. Shane floats over. It's a belly to belly, but he can't cover. The crowd starts to rally Shane, but Bigelow is an avalanche. He goes out and grabs a chair. Bigelow sets up another table. He drags Shane up, but Shane twists into a belly to belly through the table to win back the ECW world title. <coughs> out come Candido and Storm. Francine, they smother Shane and celebrate. So I thought it's a pretty good monster heel match. Uh, I thought Bigelow was countering everything Shane did and beating the shit out of him. Uh, as Shane tried to find any kind of opening was a good strategy. Bigelow is presented really strong here. He's dominant, but the match I found to be a little slow and plotting. It didn't really have that vibe of urgency and the chaos. Maybe this is one that in the ECW arena would have hit better, or maybe they're struggling to mic these crowds because they seemed alive when you look at them. And Joey talks about it, but the sound's not there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're just struggling with these different buildings, uh, but it didn't have that exciting on in your face vibe that the arena usually has. Um, it did have a fresh feel to the top of the card. Like Bigelow's booked well. It felt like a Sting Vader or Rocky Clubber Lang style match um, where the big man just beats the shit out of the little guy. Uh, but it's a little bit of rope dope where uh, the little guy ends up just finding the, win- the way to win. Um, the, fail- the face heel stuff was blurry. I think that hurt it too. Mm-hmm. Because Shane's a face, but he's still kind of a heel. But he's also getting a shit kicked in. So it's kind of weird. Um, you know, Shane gets his moment. It shows he can win in the blink. I think if we had a better environment environment or a faster pace, this pops a little bit more. But as is, it's still very good. So I went three and a quarter, um, Matt. Like, it didn't surprise me that Shane won in his hometown. It kind of makes the Bigelow thing feel a little Ronnie Garvin 87. Like, they gave him the belt just to set up the hometown win. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like, it elevated Bigelow. It made him look good and, and put him at a main event level. But now it just feels like they only gave it to him just so they could have Shane win the title back at at right. a pay-per-view at some time. Yeah, uh, this is a tough one because, and we talked about it on the last episode, they were definitely going for the epic feel here, like the Starcade 85, WrestleMania, whatever type of feel here. I feel like for the most part, they kind of whiffed. <laughs> like, I just think this didn't really work for me. It's very, very slow. It's 25 minutes. Uh, I don't think this needed to go 25 minutes. Like, I, I think you could have shaved 10 off of this and gotten the same point across. I, I, I think the booking of Shane in this match really didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I get he's a hometown guy, but he's still a heel. He's very hateable. Right. He, he's not a guy who's a face. He's just not. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit. And look, we all love Bam Bam, but I don't think he's a guy who should go 25 minutes really ever. He's much better in short bursts. And, you know, we've talked about Shane, too. This is in 1996, Shane. You know, right. Shane's bulked up. He's put on a lot of weight and muscle, and he's not moving like he did a year ago. Yeah. So I think that hurt it, too. So all that being said, I, I do think the finish makes <laughs> sense. We all we all knew that Shane was probably winning the title back here. It does kind of suck for Bam Bam because he's a guy who never had this kind of run anywhere else. So he finally gets one and he loses the title in six weeks. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, I thought a lot of this match was kind of a slog. Uh, I gave it a bit of a bump just because of the title change, but this this really didn't work for me. I, I enjoyed the the six minute squash at the Elks a lot more. So I actually I only went two and three quarter on this. Very mm-hmm. disappointing for me. It is a weird one. Um, I guess I thought they were going to swerve us and not do the obvious thing here and. 
keep it on it because I don't know why I thought that. I just thought maybe it's time to do something different, but I guess not, which is fine. But the booking of Shane did bother me because he was yeah. missing a lot of what makes mm-hmm. him Shane in this. Mm-hmm. Um which I like to watch him get his ass kicked, which he did largely, and he is good at that. But he is also very good at the other part of that, and he didn't get much in the way of that shine. But uh, I like Bigelow a lot, so he got a lot of time to, even though it's a lot of slower time, I forgive him of that. So I like seeing this casual dominance from Bigelow. He had all the attitude. He didn't seem scared at all. He didn't seem worked up at all. I yeah. liked that about him. Um, he, he wasn't scared of Shane or anything. Um, if I look at it that way, Shane's, you know, quietness in the match makes more sense. Like he was maybe a little bit more intimidated than he thought he would be by Bigelow. Um, but also he was, didn't get hurt or he was hurt. There's some injury. Freaking Francine's hurt, but she looks hot. Um, so it is disappointing, but I did end up liking the match. Um, I do wish Bam Bam had retained. So I'm going to do the three stars. I wonder if they should have put Candido in this and did like a triple threat explodes angle, like where mm. like Shane gets him in the match as like help. But then Candido starts to like feel himself a little bit, mm. and then you could add him flying around and bumping around a little bit, might have helped things. Yeah, and that's like a better story maybe for the year. Like the three triple threat guys explode after that being like the dominant angle for most of the year. Um, it needed something. I think Rude leaving fucked it up a little bit too because he probably would have been involved in this somewhere, you know. Yeah. So maybe him at ringside would have added a little juice to it. Um, I don't know. I. I like the show. Like my grade's going to represent it. It's just that when you think these ECW pay-per-views during this hot time, mm-hmm. you're you're thinking nine, nine and a half, ten. Like you're yeah. thinking like these are going to be killer right. shows. And for whatever reason, when they get to the stage, it's like they're not they're not fully clicking. And I, I it makes me really wonder. Like, and it's the honestly, venue. I think the venue's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think part of it too is the credit to Heyman and the TV of how good a job they do of of cutting shit together i, I just yep. think they they show us all the best stuff on tv mm-hmm. in such a way that everything always looks great and it's like when you now you have to get to these shows where there's no cutting everything's live you're not just getting the best of the best if a couple of matches don't really deliver it's like all of a sudden your show is sagging so um that's hindsight i think at the time like these pay-per-views are great i mean mm-hmm. wcw spent on really good pay-per-views 30fs were, were getting better but like if you look at 97 november this, this may be the best show of the month. Like Survivor Series is kind of shaky outside of Montreal. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember World War Three ninety seven that much as a pay-per-view. Yeah, but it's not great. I, I know it's got Eddie Ray. Um, yeah. But so, you know, we're looking at it in, in this viewpoint. But I think at the time, this shit was still like, okay, this is still like a killer show. Um, it's just when you watch all the build and the storylines and everything else, like we didn't get... A, we didn't get the one match of the night stealer. Usually we get that like show stealing mm-hmm. match, hits yep. four and a half stars or something, like Furnace mm-hmm. LaFon against Arvidin Zabu, like something like that, where it's like really pops. But like, was our highest rated match as a group three and a half tonight? And that was a fuck fest between Sabu yeah. and Sam. You know, it's like yeah. beyond that, it was like nothing else really clicked. Um, so let's get to our awards and we'll, we'll see how we 
wrap things up. Uh, best match, I, I end up going Sabu Sandman. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't think I had anything higher than that. Uh, worst match, I went Taz Pitbull. That's just a squash. Yep. Yeah. Best moments, I went with Taz murdering Pitbull to uh, tied <laughs> with, with Stevie returning. Just kind of that. Both of those things. Yeah. Beulah's entrance, I would probably add. Yeah, Beulah's entrance was good. I, was I also no. had uh, uh, Tommy Rich eating that fucking guitar. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Most 90s, and with Al Snow and Head. And Josh yeah. That is very 90s, you're right. Uh, Stock Rising, Mikey, Taz, FBI, Stevie, Sabu. Shane, I guess. Yeah, Shane. Shane. Uh, stock falling, Mikey's knees, <laughs> Tommy's uh, foot, yeah, Tommy's foot, the bald guy, bald guard. Um, that <laughs> yes. killed. Oh my god, bless him! Uh, Jeff Jones, who's just annoying, and yeah. Sandman's brain function, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, right, sanity, right, right down the pit bulls twice. Oh, yeah, Damn. uh, and so final grade again, like, I like the show, I feel like as we're talking, it sounds like we're super disappointed, but it's still, <laughs> it's still a fun show. Like I, I'm fine with it. It's right where the other papers have been for. I went seven out of 10. It's like, like they're all very, very good shows, but none of them to me, like have been like a home run. I, I want to see where are the big, what are the pay-per-views like ECW's WrestleMania 17 or whatever. Like where are those? Let's get to that. Um, right. So we'll see if 98 brings it. They're only going to get better at it. I think. Um mm-hmm. And the product is great. Like they have the talent, they have the mix, they know what they're doing. It's just, uh, I feel like maybe they have too much time between pay-per-views. So I feel like they peak and then like the last few weeks heading in, they're almost like running out of steam on what they're doing. Um, Just that pacing. So maybe they got to wait longer to start the the hot stuff, you know what I mean? Versus like starting Mm -hmm. right away. Or, uh, I mean, honestly, for most of 97, the fuse don't even start. Like they've been going the whole year. Right. Um, It's part of it too, so. I was hoping during the course of the show um, that you guys could talk me up, but I'm doing six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I mean, that's right there. Yeah, I, I did the six and a half too. I was uh, disappointed, really, by a good portion of the show. It's still a fine show, but I think it could have been a lot better. The TVs is better um, yep. right now, and yep. I think we saw that too sometimes, Jenny, with the, when we used to do the arena shows like a 94 95 i mean some of those would be really good but also sometimes there would be two and a half hours we'd have like five or six matches that didn't mm-hmm. that sucked but then we'd have like two hot angles and a, and a great match that carried it um that's why i think the tv for ecw is really where it's at because we're just we're legit just getting the best of the best most of the time so mm-hmm. that's why the tv is so consistently high and easy to watch it's just like it's all their best shit constantly mm-hmm. so they don't show us stuff that wasn't to the right. click or whatever or if they do it's clips so it's got music right. over it you know what I mean? so like it makes it seem better um, so anyway all right we'll be back in two weeks we're gonna wrap up 1997 which is crazy we've got four weeks wow. of tv we'll close mm-hmm. out december and we'll be into our next calendar year in a month uh check out everything at north south connection has to offer all of our contents at northsouthconnection.com uh we have a lot of video content here on youtube uh everything audios on all of the podcast traps you can find or all of our social media uh, with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you, know, you can find us across uh, all platforms. Jenny, you're here every Wednesday with uh, a show on the Jenny position. 
So that's exciting, of course. Um, you guys also have some shows over on the Place of the Nation stuff, too. So just search us out. You find us on social. You'll find everything we have to offer. So until then, stay extreme. We'll talk to you in two weeks at the end of 1990.